and welcome to Gavis Hour. I'm Jerry Wilson. I noticed it was International Women's Day a couple of days ago. The world apparently tried to celebrate this event by attempting to cancel Pepe Le Pew, despite his status of being chief among lovers of women. At least until those occasions when the tables were turned and whichever female black cat who somehow managed to get a white stripe of paint on the length of her back decided to pursue Pepe, at which point he'd turn and run away. 
And yes, ladies, I can hear you saying, typical man, all romantic talk but can't handle making a commitment. But I digress. More than a few of the more fiercely feminist women among us believe the Bible to be a chauvinism cornerstone. It's not. It also isn't the book of Thou Shalt Not, despite what the Puritanical have preached over the years. It's the book of Do's. You do treat women with respect. You do honor them. You do keep yourself in check. There are do-nots, of course. For example, you don't treat women as walking sex toys. And you don't cross the line in your conversation or your actions. Sometimes it's not easy to do the right thing. In fact, it's seldom easy. But we do it anyway. It's our calling.
There's inherent difficulty in explaining certain truths and concepts to people who have either no personal experience in these areas or whose experience is the exact opposite of what you're saying. Setting aside snarky illustrations, such as how is one supposed to explain to a Seattle Mariners fan what it's like to watch your team win the World Series, this is a real problem demanding real solutions for anyone seeking to be a witness. Putting into action the theme of we love even as God has loved us oftentimes calls upon us to love in parental love those who haven't known it from their actual parents. Tied into this is the explanation of how this is how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be loved, cared for, and cared about by your parents. One of the, if not the single most difficult, areas of forgiveness is forgiving someone who is called to be a specific something to others, namely yourself, yet fails to fulfill their calling. See, I was blessed in that I had loving parents. Far too many people I know don't have that comfort. Be it from one parent or sadly from both, they have no personal experience in parental love. And despite all protests to the contrary, this can and does seep down to the next generation. None of us can be everything to everyone, but we can be something of great value to someone. We all know people dealing with scars caused by failure to love, sometimes mildly benignly and other times in brutally obscene ways. Don't be the next failure. Love someone as though they were your own family, especially if they're not a believer. Embody the self-sacrificial love of Jesus. All of us can do it, and all of us should.
I'm going to dig a little bit into my past for this next story. When I was in high school, yes folks, they actually did have high schools back when I was that age, low those many decades ago, I originally started out taking all your college prep courses, but was rapidly struck with the music bug and wound up enrolling in pretty much every single music class I could possibly take. I was in the acapella choir, I was in the madrigal choir, I played electric bass in the jazz band, I played string bass in the wind ensemble, and I played a very bad viola in the school orchestra. The school orchestra notwithstanding, I was actually pretty good at all these things, and given my almost omnipresent presence in the music room most every single day, and most every single school-going hour of every day, I figured that at the end of the year, when I was a senior, that my name would be called more than once, as I had heard others' names called in the previous years who were graduating and had achieved some type of honor and or recognition in the music department for their contributions to same. So I went to the school assembly near the end of my senior year, and I waited to hear my name called. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. And the only time I heard my name called was before the last award was given when a friend of mine yelled out from the audience, Give Wilson an award. Unfortunately, the teachers didn't see it that way, and so I left empty-handed. As you can imagine, this added greatly to my teenage angst. But there was really nothing I could do about it. Getting mad didn't help, even though I did. Crying didn't help. I probably did that at some point in time. But it didn't change anything, and yeah, you just went on. I kind of ranked that up in my teenage angst experience along with earlier that same year, not being able to get a date to the senior prom and thus not going, despite asking literally more than 12 different girls, all of whom said no. Oh well, such is the life of a teenage boy. Sometimes. I mention all that to bring up the point about getting the difference between what we deserve and what we've earned. Now, any of us who are believers can and probably should whip out at the ready when everyone, or whenever I should say, anyone says, well, we should get what we deserve, say, well, the only thing we really deserve is an eternity spent in hell as punishment for our sins, but the only thing saving us from that is the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. Which is true. Howsomever, there is a difference between what we deserve and what we've earned. Sometimes, you don't get what you've earned. And that can be a hard pill to swallow. I was thinking earlier this year, it's been 10 years ago this year, that I was fired from my dream job to cover up for the incompetence of my supervisors. I had the job results, they had the degree. Guess who won that argument? And so on I went to the next job where I was eventually fired because the marketing manager whose experience in marketing consisted of a degree in physics couldn't figure out that I knew what I was talking about. And it went on to another retail job or back into retail where I was fired because I made the fatal mistake of actually helping a customer. And on to then drifting on to different jobs. At least I haven't been fired lately, which is kind of a nice thing. I was getting really tired of that. Except, of course, for earlier this year when I was fired by the radio station I was doing this for online because he didn't like the fact that I didn't play nothing but 80s and played too much Terry Scott Taylor. Because, frankly, folks, it's not possible to play too much Terry Scott Taylor, okay? <laughs> anyway, uh, moving right along. I'm currently facing a situation where I've earned a certain promotion and position at work, and it seems that every single obstacle humanly imaginable is being thrown my way to not get it. It's just irksome, to say the least. Depressing. Annoying. Aggravating. Ageist. You know, if you want to quote more popular vernacular of the day. Trying to understand all this, I came back to the point that you have to get that life isn't fair. We understand that, or at least you ought to. We know that, or at least we ought to. If you go around thinking life is going to be fair, I guarantee you're going to live a lifetime filled with incredible disappointment. But it's okay when things don't go your way, even though they should, to admit that it hurts. What I find the most intriguing that's captured my attention is, as I mentioned, getting over the fact that life isn't fair, but that doesn't mean you have to like it not being fair. And where it really gets down to brass tacks is when you have earned something and you don't get it. You don't get that promotion. You don't get that relationship. And it's okay to be upset. It's okay to fight to get what you've earned. It's okay 
to make a ruckus alien scream and not go gently meek and mild, bowing your head going, well, okay, God's will, yada, 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 and walk away. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be frustrated because you're not dealing with eternal implications per se, although, of course, all of our actions and thoughts will be judged by God. You're dealing with a temporal situation, temporary though it may be compared to eternity, in which an injustice is being or has been perpetrated, and not really supposed to say, "Oh, I'll turn the other cheek." Tee-hee. That's not part of the. That's not part of the Bible. That's not part of the rules. But it does teach us the value of forgiveness. If, for example, you go into a new relationship, though caring about all of your baggage from your last relationship or relationships plural, and your new partner says or does something that reminds you of what a previous partner said or did, it's very important not to immediately go, oh, here we go again. Same old situation, same old routine, because it's not, because this is a brand new person to you and it's a brand new situation. An example I draw upon from my workplace experience is that in retail, if somebody asks you a question during the day and it is literally the 20th time you have heard that question during the day, the proper response is never, that's the 20th time today somebody's asked me that question because it's not the 20th time that same person has asked you the question, unless it is, in which case you you might want to leave the building for a few minutes. But it is the first time that that person has asked you the question. So you approach it from that aspect. Same thing with life. As I said, that's where forgiveness comes in. The fact that you can and you have the ability to not drag yesterday into today. The wise person forgives. However, it's a fool who forgets. Don't forget what has been done to you. Remember, learn, grow from experiences. And don't hesitate to fight for what's yours. Because... After all, unlike salvation, if you work for something and you do what you're supposed to do and you hit all the marks, you have earned it. Here's another door slammed and bolted. It's one more window locked. You were on your way back home and now you're not. My fingers I form a steeple in Such a way when I open my hands is no one home Then I call your number just to hear your message on the phone Maybe next month, maybe next year Oh my, oh my Oh, 
Moving into the mostly music portion of the proceedings, here's some Steve Taylor for you.
I'd be the richest man If I could see around the bend I'd have myself one heck of a plan But I don't So do I take a left or take a right Pack up my gloves or stay in the fight
here on KFS Hour with the song Grace. Before that, we had Jeff Moore with the next thing, starting off that set with Steve Taylor and The Moshing Floor. Going to leave you with a little bit of mellowness, or at least slightly mellower stuff today. Final set, we'll have Bob Bennett, followed by Rachel Wilhelm, whose new album will be out next week, can't wait. And finishing off with a classic, lengthy, luxurious, lovely live track by Phil Kagey. Take care and God bless everybody, and we will see you again right here next time on KFAS Hour. Bye-bye. Every harsh word spoken Every promise ever broken to me Total recall of data in the memory Every tear that has washed my face Every moment of disgrace that I have known Every time I've ever felt Lord of the here and now Lord of the come what may I want to believe somehow That you can heal these wounds of yesterday So now I'm asking you To do what you want to do Be the Lord of the past Oh, how I want you to Be the Lord All the chances I let slip by 
All the dreams that I let die in vain Afraid of failure and afraid of pain Every tear that has washed my face Every moment of disgrace that I have known Every time I've ever felt to believe somehow you can redeem these things so far away so now i'm asking you to do what you want to do be the lord of my past oh how i want you to be the lord of the past well i picked up all these pieces and I built a strong deception And I locked myself inside of it For my own protection And I sit alone inside myself And curse my company For this thing that has kept me alive For so long is now killing me And as sure as the sin this morning the man in the moon hides his face tonight and I lay myself down on my bed and I pray this prayer inside my head Lord of the here and now Lord of the come what may oh I, I want to believe somehow that you can heal these wounds of yesterday so now I'm asking you to do what you want to do be the Lord of my past you can do anything be the Lord of the past oh be the Lord be the Lord be the Lord of the past I know that you can find a way to heal every yesterday of my life be the Lord of the past oh be the Lord be the Lord be the Lord of the past be the Lord of the past be the